Open your Bibles to John chapter 17 again as we come to unite our hearts together to pray with one accord. Uh, God's word is what unifies us and we're continuing in John chapter 17, Jesus' own high priestly prayer to lead us and guide us and, and, and to even take themes that were important to Jesus, that were glorifying to the Father, that were honoring to who he is and his work taking those very themes and using them to cultivate our own prayer language, both corporately and uh, pray privately uh, in our own personal lives as well. John chapter 17, we've made our way through uh, a good bit of Jesus' high priestly prayer, and we come now to John chapter 17, verses 17 through 19, and let me read these verses with us together. Jesus prays, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Now again, we jump here in the middle of this prayer where Jesus is praying for his church, his people, for you and I. He's not praying for all people. He himself has said that. I'm not praying for everyone. I'm praying for those that you've given me. Those from before the foundation of the world that were set apart to receive grace and mercy, to receive the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, these I pray for. And beginning in verse 13, we've been looking at marks of these who've been set apart by God to be his people, to be his church. In verse 13, one of the marks was joy. Not just joy for joy's sake, but Christ's own joy would fill us. Then last week, we looked in verses 14, 15, and 16, holiness is a characteristic of the church. And this morning, as we look at verses 17 through 19, we see another characteristic of true believers, sanctification, joy, Christ's joy, holiness, Christ's holiness, sanctification, and it will be Christ's sanctification as well. The word sanctify that we see there in verse 17, sanctify them in truth, simply means make them holy. So you hear the connection with what we looked at last week. Uh, holiness being we've been set apart out of the world unto Christ. Things that were common and for the world now were taken out and set apart for God's use, for his glory. Sanctification is a derivative of holiness, of the word holy. Lord, take them and those that you have set apart out of the world unto you, now make them useful to you. Make them holy. Make them what you said in Leviticus 19. You shall be holy because I am holy. Make them holy is what Jesus is praying for you and I. Sanctification means as we've been set apart out of the world unto God, being purged from the world, being purged from sin, purged by degrees. It doesn't happen all at once. It doesn't happen just we're, we're, we're converted, we're set apart, and now no longer tied to the world. It's by degrees that we are purged from the world, made free from sin, that we're adorned with grace. And in this passage that Jesus is praying, sanctify them. That's his prayer for you and I. He goes to elaborate on how and why these things are to take place. 
How in the world are you and I who were once enchanted by the things of this world, who had no interest in God, but who by grace, only by grace, have been taken out of this world and set apart unto God for His use, for His good pleasure, for the, His honor, for the worship of Christ, how in the world are we who are by nature's lover of the world to grow, to embrace this calling that is upon our lives? Well, he tells you, sanctify them in the truth. Sanctify them in the truth. Now, you've got to be more clear than that. We live in a day where truth means well, it's whatever you think it to be. That's the day that we live in. What's true to you may not be true to me. I have conversations with people weekly, and they have their propositions, their truth statements, their truth values, and I'm listening, and they differ from God's word. But they are bound and determined. They're right. You know, I have those in my own heart as well. But Jesus is clear. He removes all the ambiguity, any potential for subjectivism. Sanctify them by the truth. And then what does he say? Here's, here's where he removes the ambiguity. What is truth? Your word is truth. <laughs> He's listening to me here. Your word is truth. It's the word of God. The message that God sent in days of old through the prophets. And that in these recent days, Hebrews tells us, he has given us through a person, through his son Jesus. That Jesus says this is truth. Your word, Father, is true. There is no other. If we are to be sanctified, it is to the word we must go. To the Bible. But even more, more clear. It's Jesus who in John chapter 1 is the eternal logos, the word. In him, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It's to Christ we must go. In the word, and in the word to find Christ. This is where we are sanctified. This is where we who were once enchanted by the world, who now by grace have been pulled out of the world and put unto Christ's service. But how am I to embrace that? How am I to grow to love this one now I've been called into when by nature I love this? It's through this. It's through knowing Christ. And so in those seasons where you find your heart enchanted by the things of this world, when you find your heart drawn back again, the place to go, what's wrong with me, always go to, well, how is it between you and the Bible? There will always be a correlation. If you are not seeking Christ in His Word, if you're in a season, if you haven't touched God's Word today, don't be surprised if today you find your heart drifting away from Him. If you haven't spent time in God's word all week, don't be surprised when you don't find your heart growing in sanctification. I don't understand why I'm not growing. There's no silver bullet in the world outside of the word of God. Sanctify them, Jesus says. He prays by your word. This is where it is. Your word is truth. And Jesus is the word. Theodore Monod wrote this in that little pamphlet, Looking Unto Jesus, that probably by now all of you had. Looking unto Jesus in the Scriptures to learn what He is, what He has done, what He gives, what He desires, to find in His character our pattern, 
To find in His teachings our instruction. To find in His precepts our law. In His promises our support. In His person and in His work a full satisfaction provided for every need of our souls. That's what sanctification is. Every need of our souls is found in Christ. You look to Him. And by looking unto Him, Paul tells us in Corinthians, we're being transformed into the same likeness from one degree of glory to another. If you're looking at your own life and you're saying, oh, I'm not seeing myself be more like Jesus. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you're probably not seeking Him in the Word. That's what Jesus prays here. And to understand sanctification, here's a great quote by Martin Lloyd-Jones. I'm, I'm squeezing it into this, taking more time than I need to, but because we're here for prayer, but this is a great quote by Martin Lloyd-Jones on what it means to be sanctified in the truth, sanctified in the Word of God, sanctified by Christ. The gospel, he says, is not primarily concerned to remove the sores of infection or to put us out of the danger of infection. Martin Lloyd-Jones was by nature a doctor. He was a medical doctor before he became a preacher. What the gospel does is to build up our resistance to infection to such a point that it renders us immune to it. The church is not concerned with trying to destroy the infection. Until our Lord returns again, the infection will be there. Until Satan is cast into the lake burning with fire, the infection will continue. You can't stop that. The Christian is not primarily concerned about that. The business of the Christian and the church and the gospel is to see that you and I take so much of the pure milk of the word and the strong meat of the word that our resistance is built up to such an extent that we can, as it were, stay in a house of infectious diseases, the world. That our resistance is so built up by this, by Christ, that we can dwell in a house of infectious disease and be absolutely immune. The germs are there, yes, but we are filled with the antibodies that destroy them the moment they attack us. That's the power of Christ. He's already prayed, I don't ask that you take them out of the world. We looked at that last week. Make them holy, sanctify them. Not by taking them out of the world, out of this bad place, but by strengthening them where they are right here. In fact, in this prayer for our sanctification, Jesus makes clear, look at verse 18. Not only is sanctification not about removing us from the world, verse 18, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Sanctification has nothing to do with your proximity to the world. It has everything to do with your proximity to the Word. Just as the Father sent the Son into the world for His glory, for the glory of the Son, so too Christ here prays. Because I've sent my people into the world for the same reason that the Father you sent me to proclaim Christ, to turn heads to the glory of Christ. To help those around see you 
and a right view of you leading to a right view of themselves and a right view of themselves and sin leading to a beggar's need for a savior. And then Jesus says in verse 19, and for their sake, for our sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Jesus' disciples are sanctified not by what we do, not by where we position ourselves in the world. We are sanctified by Christ. This is in correlation. Jesus prayed in verse 13 that my joy would be their joy. That my holiness in verses 14 and 15 and 16 would be their holiness. And their sanctification I'm praying for, verse 19 is saying, their sanctification is in me. Jesus says in verse 19, for their sake I consecrate myself. How in the world can sinless Jesus sanctify himself, purge himself. If we said sanctification is a purging of the, out of the world and, and sin and those things by degree, how in the world can sinless Jesus sanctify himself? He's the lamb without blemish. He has no sin. And that's true. But he did take our human nature with all of its weaknesses, with all the temptations. And that's because, just because he was fully God doesn't mean when he was tempted it wasn't a real temptation. It absolutely was. And throughout the scripture we learn things like Jesus learned obedience through suffering. Jesus learned. He made himself nothing. Becoming obedient to the point of death. Do you hear the language of sanctification? That there was a time where not that in his godness he didn't embrace his role, but in his humanity. There's a sense of growing into that. Even as, as, as late as Gethsemane, we, we see Jesus praying, sweating drops of blood. If there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But if there's not, let's go. You can hear even there's sanctifying work that's taking place there. He consecrated himself for our sakes. And his sanctification becomes our sanctification. For their sake... I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Do you hear what he's saying? The sanctification is not you. It's the overflow of Christ's own sanctification into us. That's what Paul said. Paul said in my, when Paul was troubled with his weakness before the Lord, he, uh, the Lord assured him, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul transforms. He begins to exult in God. He begins to exult. The, when I am weak, then I am strong. Why? That makes no sense. Where has he found strength? Not in himself. When I am strength, weak, then I am strong. 2 Corinthians 2. Where did he find strength? In Christ. Looking to Jesus. That's what Jesus is praying here. I have supplied everything that they need for joy, for holiness, for sanctification. Father, sanctify them in your truth. This is where they find me. I have done everything necessary. Help them look to me. 
Theodore Menard, once again, I think to drive this home, says this. Looking unto Jesus to receive from him the task and the cross for each day with the grace which is sufficient to carry the cross and to accomplish the task. The grace that enables us to be patient with his patience. The grace that enables us to be active with his activity. The grace that enables us to be loving with his love. Never asking, what am I able to do? But rather, what is he not able to do? And waiting for his strength, which is made perfect in weakness. You see, again, the Christian faith is not a bunch of, you go be joyful, you go be holy, you go be sanctified. It is look to Jesus. He's the one who is all joy. He's the one who is perfectly holy. He is the one who was sanctified. And as we gaze upon him with unveiled faces, we're being transformed into the same likeness from one degree of glory to another. As we come together for prayer this morning, our prayer is continued for joy, Christ's joy. Our prayer is, uh, continues to be for holiness, for Christ's holiness. And for sanctification, for Christ's sanctification. As I've been by grace brought out of this world unto God, there's still a struggle. There's, the world still has a, an allure to me, an enchantment. Maybe this morning, you're here this morning, and you have feasted at the buffet of the world. And here you are on a Sunday morning. What's the best place for you to be? Because we look to Christ together. And he's the one where sanctification is found. We look to him in the word, his sanctification. And God, bring this to bear upon our lives. Help me to so treasure Christ that the things of the world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's sanctification. Well, this morning we give ourselves to this. We unify our hearts around this plea. And as the church, as the people of God, we would be a people marked. Thank you.